uh, he told me that he had read the same thing that uh, the developers got all this feedback that Seven was just so scary that they decided to to tone it down a little. Steve, what's new? Uh, just uh, all over the place. I just uh, so last weekend we adopted uh, my sister's dog. Mm. Um, while we were in Marietta. Drove back up here on Sunday, and then I turned around Monday and left for Alabama for a week. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I, uh, I left Huntsville at 4 o'clock yesterday. Drove until I couldn't stop or couldn't stay awake. Slept. Got up this morning, drove the rest of the way, and then just been kind of taking care of stuff around the house. Gotcha. But... Uh, yeah, fortunately, I'm still... She didn't leave me. I was really expecting that after I uh, brought a new dog into the house and then said, see you for a week, that uh, I was going to come home to all of my shit outside. So, oh. all in all, it's good. It's a good week. That could also be a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> he adopts a dog mm-hmm. without telling his wife? Yeah, and, th- and then leaves. Yeah, it's called Homeward Bound. <laughs> Well, that brings us to our next segment, Nick Cage News with Cage Fighter Steve. Do you have anything for us? Nothing new since last time. Um, the closest thing I've gotten to news is that uh, Nick has been indicted on charges of murdering his... Well, no, I'm just kidding. I got nothing. Oh, I couldn't think of where to go with it. Why would you do that? I was going to try to make up a story. Because I feel, I feel the need... I feel the need to have more Nick Cage news, but unfortunately he's just been kind of low profile. I do think we need to talk about the Seth Rogen reveal. Did you, did you see that news? A little bit. Yeah, so basically Seth Rogen has this book coming out where he talks about uncomfortable experiences with other actors and Hollywood folks. And he recounts the story about, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, I saw the clip of him on, on Howard Stern, because he told this story, I think, on a couple different shows. Uh, Nick Cage wanted to audition for a role in The Green Hornet. And uh, long story short, he, had, he already had an idea about this character. He wanted it to be a white guy from the Bahamas with a Bahamian accent. And he even offered to get, uh, you know, kind of passively or maybe jokingly said that he would get a real head tattoo for the role. He did this impromptu monologue in front of Seth Rogen and the crew, and they didn't react quite the way that I think Nick expected. And so Mm. he just kind of disappeared and ghosted them after that for a while. But then later, uh, Seth Rogen said that um, when the, when the film spring breakers came out, James Franco plays, plays kind of this rapper guy in the movie. And Nick Cage kind of accused them of stealing the character that he presented to them in his performance at his home in preparation for the or in his audition for the Green Hornet. Mm. So uh, I just want to say, you know, first of all, Seth, I mean, you know, no harm, no foul. And, and I don't know Seth Rogen personally. I'm not a huge fan of his movies. I liked Pineapple Express, but when a man like Nick Cage invites you into his home, gives you a performance, feeds you, and then your reaction is to not only not cast him as the lead in the movie, but then to steal his character? Shame on you. Yeah, because not only did he not only did he commit these crimes, but now he's also slandering Nick. Yeah. Absolutely. We slandering out there. Just the simple fact that he disrespected this guy in his own house, and and it's not just any guy. The king of cinema. Well, uh, you know, James, James Franco is a is a is a rapist, and uh, and <laughs> and I wonder I, how much of this I'm gonna keep in. And 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 Joe Rogan is a is a rapist by uh, association so Jimmy I'm dead man I know you don't want to be involved because I don't know what else to do alright 
give me a blood cousin, Jimmy. I'm a blood cousin, you know that. Please don't let this happen. You want a little air on this? Give me some names. There is no way on God's green earth that you can tell me that you did not know the guy who got you into this mess. I've got no reason to lie. Everybody's got a reason to lie. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Whatever don't, whatever doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Whatever don't kill you makes you I like that. Did you ever hear of a little Junior Brown? It looks like little Junior's moving up in the world. Cars, drugs, guns. He's buying everything he can get his hands on. Big Junior. That's one of those expressions like jumbo shrimp. Oh my, the cars. And I take them all, except that Explorer. What's the matter with the Explorer? It's red. Red's my bad luck color. I ain't got nothing to do with red. All right, right now we're talking about Kiss of Death. Man, what a hard movie to find. I gotta, I gotta thank Sean for hooking us up with that one. Uh, 1995 crime drama thriller directed by Barbet Schroeder. Written by Richard Price. It's actually, this movie was a remake of a 1947 noir film. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started with The Nick List. Nick Cage wears a new look with a goatee and close-cropped hair. He also plays a very bad dude in this movie. Play time games with me. Play time games with me. Within his first two minutes, he's already strangled someone before tossing someone else 10 feet out the door of a tractor trailer onto the pavement and kicking them in the kidney and also robbing him. No saga. Just whole ass. Just whole ass. Nick Cage plays a very bad dude, a tough guy who runs a strip joint with his dad. He also has asthma. Nick Cage bench presses a stripper. Five. Nice and eat. 26. Jesus, what you been eating? Come on, you faggot. Nick Cage beats a man to death with his bare hands to the tune of Jump Around by House of Pain. Nick Cage reveals that his character's father has died by screaming and jumping to techno music and beating another man. Nick Cage punishes a man at his strip club who gets a little too handsy with the girls by forcing him to undress and dance up there with them. Don't you move that fucking hand. Nick Cage says everyone should have an acronym for themselves. His is B-A-D. Balls, attitude, direction. Nick Cage says silverware makes him gag. He has to use plastic forks and spoons all the time. I hate the taste of metal in my mouth. Later, he's not happy that he's forced to use silverware in prison. Silverware makes me gag. Or when David Caruso shoves a gun in his mouth. You don't like the taste of metal in your mouth, huh? In the middle of his climactic fight with David Caruso, Nick Cage has an asthma attack. Didn't see that one coming. Nicholas Cage punches Samuel L. Jackson in the face. Oh, no. Whoa. Now you did it. That's all it takes for him to get arrested and incarcerated once and for all. Don't you know you can't go around hitting the police? Huh? That is the Nick List. Kiss of Death is a 1995 remake of a 1947 noir film of the same name. It stars David Caruso just off the heels of his NYPD Blue fame as ex-convict Jimmy Kilmartin stuck inside a Grand Theft Auto video game. Wait, wait, his last name is Kilmartin? <laughs> wow. Okay. My, my impressions of the movie, it's, it's a man's movie, right? It starts out in the junkyard with the power tools we're in. We got the electric guitar. We got the Queen 7 train in New York. 
You know, everybody talks like this. Man, I don't know, man. What you want to do, man? Get him out of the car, man. I'm not sure I want to do that, man. Come on, Junior, man. Fuck, man. He's a drunk, man. Yeah, what, what did you guys think of Kiss of Death? I thought it was pretty entertaining. Um... I, dude, I really felt like this was Grand Theft Auto the movie. It literally like, this is was. Just, it, yeah, this was Grand Theft Auto the movie. <laughs> it was just an extremely long mission. Kenny, Nick even had, it had like the uh, like GTA 3 level face going on too with the, with the goatee and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, talking about Nick, I really liked his look. He had a kind of a new yeah. haircut, you know? Yeah. And it looked good. I, I got to tell you guys, this is the first time, this is the first time I've seen Nick Cage in a movie where I was genuinely scared of his character. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he actually used the uh, the cage outs really effectively in this movie. I think so. Um, where it was like less comedic, but more like just truly like making the character unstable. Yeah. In his first scene, you know, how I mentioned in the Nick list. He throws this drunk guy out of, out of the truck onto the ground. That's one of the first things he does after after uh, strangling Ronnie. If you can't go back and watch that scene, when when he throws that guy out of the truck, there there are no effects. I mean, yeah. he launches this dude out of the car onto the ground, and it doesn't and it it doesn't look like stunt doubles either. I was really impressed by that. It was like a professional wrestling move performed by Nicolas Cage. And I mean, the dude is, he's pretty ripped in this movie. He's been working out. Like like I said, he bench presses a stripper who calls him a f which was really nice to see. Um, <laughs> yeah, he went. Hey, Dad, Dad, check it out. <laughs> check it out. I'm going to get 40. He wears this uh, sleeveless white button-up and khaki pants. He wears a lot of sweat clothes, sweatpants in, in the movie. And yeah, I just... I think he sold the character really well. You know, some of these scenes where David Caruso's character is trying to put a ruse on him and make him and make him not suspicious that he's actually wired. Yeah. And and the camera yeah. will stay on Nick Cage's face. And and I mean, I'm telling you, Nick Cage is really acting in this character. Yeah. You can see his mind going as the suspicion starts to grow. And uh, I was really impressed with the way nick approached this character i i really believe he was trying yeah i really enjoyed the uh, interactions between nick and uh rorschach a lot it was good with who nick and rorschach rorschach oh okay yeah 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 what did you guys think of some of the other actors some of their roles like um samuel jackson i just thought wow samuel jackson's in this movie and it was such a gimmick to have mm -hmm. him constantly wiping the tears from his eye i just thought that was ridiculous uh, so the one thing i didn't get about the whole the whole ordeal right yeah. with the samuel l jackson and all of this is you have what four or five trucks all of them have a single driver and this one has a dude with a gun sitting right next to him why was this ever a thing of like why was he blamed for this at all yeah or why did he not just go like, dude had a gun on me and he made me drive? Yeah, I could not. And that was the end of it. I couldn't figure out the character at all, the main character. Yeah. I, I couldn't understand yeah. what he was really. He was like, oh, no, like, you got it. I mean, he was like, he was like the, the, the swiper guy from Dora. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got you, Jimmy. Ah, oh, shucks. Yeah. Oh, and we're going to have to talk about the cops in this movie because it's just, it's, it's, uh, police brutality times a thousand every time they arrest oh, yeah. one of these guys you know one of the cops will bang their head against the car door or something oops sorry about that and it's just, just like over the top cops never do that yeah never. well i mean they do it but then they don't look at the camera and say oops <laughs> oh you're recording me want me to do it again yeah they turn their body camera <laughs> off before they Right, right. Turn it off then. And do yeah. It. yeah. And then also, these are supposed to be, you know, the, the FBI, right? They're, they're supposed to be working kind of behind the scenes in secrecy. But they're always meeting in the top of this Chinese restaurant on the second floor. 
Do you guys remember that? I'm just like, what, what is this place? I thought that location was just absolutely wild. And then the other place, too, that got me laughing was the strip, the strip club itself. You know, you see it from a mile away, the neon boobs and the women on the poles. It's like, this, this is a strip club. I mean, at least it's not like the worst movie strip club that I've ever seen. Because one time I found this this dollar DVD of this movie called Sweet Potato Pie, which was supposed to be like the black version of American Pie. And they they go to the uh, the strip club and it's literally just like they just go behind the back of somebody's house. Yeah. And it's literally just like somebody's basement. Oh, but it's a strip yeah. club. If you can't buy me Gucci, you can't have this Gucci. Say what? Apparently those are real. Check that movie yeah. out. <laughs> Why was this movie called Kiss of Death? I want, Dude, I wanted to ask the same question. <laughs> Cage Cage didn't kiss anybody. I was actually waiting. I was waiting for it the whole time. Yeah. Well, he did. He did, actually. I think the idea was supposed to be that uh, the the main character mm-hmm. was a bad luck charm. Anyone that got involved with him ended up getting hurt. Oh, uh, I, I see. Right. I so see. every time he tried to do the right thing, people suffered. Yeah. Kiss of death. If you cross, try to do kindness, but you kill. Yeah. No, because he wasn't maniacal. He was like a good. He was a good guy, but every time he tried to do the right thing and he tried to help somebody out or tried to, yeah, you know just do what was right he ended up getting screwed over because of it okay you're saying jimmy the main character has the yeah. kiss of death so he right he is he is the kiss of death okay yeah. i it's was like actually thinking that curse. cage's character was the kiss of death that anytime you cross paths with uh little junior it's not gonna end well he was just the death <laughs> remember yeah. his dad died i felt like this movie was kind of like a a B-movie version of The Departed, something like that, or yeah. The Town, you know, had that tough guy, gangster vibe. I, you know, how? what really bothers me is when you have a movie about carjackers with no memorable chase scenes. Or just right? memorable cars. There's a lot of horses under that hood right there. It's got a V6 in it. You know, you've got these characters that pull off some plots while they're in jail. And one of them, right, is when Little Junior's locked up, he has his people kidnap Jimmy's daughter, at least for a little while. And they, they mm. write that acronym on her forehead and leave her in the woods. Mm. And why, why didn't they kill her? Why didn't they just keep her as collateral or something? I, I didn't understand that. It's uh, you know, it it's more impactful to him to uh, give him that anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Also, okay. I'd like to I I I I just like to say, uh, B A D, balls, attitude, direction. <laughs> you know, you know that the acronym was already selected. It's got to be B A D, guys. So. Come up with some words, you know. Also, Jimmy's really bad at uh, catching bullets. Catching bullets? He tried, though. Yeah. He yeah. tried to grab the bullet out of the air so it didn't shoot uh, Samuel Jackson in the face, but, you know. Oh, that's right. He's not a... Yeah, and then Sammy got pissed about I... it. Also, this is the first movie, I have to admit, Nick Cage saves the movie. He's the oh, saving yeah. grace, you yeah. know, uh, because David Caruso's. I got bored of him halfway through the movie. Just, he was just. Yeah, uh, I didn't no understand. Growth, there was no what development. He... he was the same character. Right. Like even Samuel L. Jackson's character developed, but. He's the same character from Deadfall. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things just kind of happen. Yep. It's like, but I just want to be a good guy. I want to be a dad and. Have a family life. Hey, do you want to do you want to steal some cars? Well, yeah, I mean, let's, yeah, let's do that. But, you know, I want to be I want to be good. Uh, I want to be good about. But can we can we just be back quick because? Yeah, can we just hurry I'm up? Let my daughter take a nap, and then we'll just go boost a couple cars, and then we'll get right back. 
I'm also pretty sure that Ronnie, like, raped his wife. Yeah, that's which kind of hinted at. That's that's not very cash money of him. No, I I I was into this movie really at the beginning, the first part of it. I actually, it has a really good driving soundtrack that sets the mood. And I was genuinely kind of emotional. I was worried what was going to happen. I was scared about the kid, and and then and then when Nick Cage entered the picture, I was genuinely scared of what he was going to do. I thought that when um, they killed Michael Rappaport's character, you know, he punches him in the face repeatedly. That was kind of a weak scene. I think it would have been scarier if that was more of an implied thing, maybe. I don't know, just the idea of him punching this guy. Yeah, 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 take it! Over and over. But the idea was still scary. You know, these were some bad dudes. You know, it's a legit junkyard, right? Yeah. In Queens? I think so. It's a real real junkyard. Pretty much my final thoughts are, uh, I was surprised. I thought this movie was going to be total ass. It's not a great movie, but I think it's underrated. Especially when you consider Cage's... Uh, Cage's roles up to this point this movie sticks out to me more than some of the more celebrated movies you guys have any final thoughts on Kiss of Death I liked it I, I thought it w- was fast moving uh, it had some some good action uh, you know a little bit of suspense mm-hmm. uh, Cage was great in it he had some had some good Cage outs but I don't think it yeah. really uh like you said, it was kind of played up to make him more intimidating instead of, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And and he was very different from, like, the two roles that he normally plays. Either mm. uh, gritty crime guy or, yeah. uh, like, convict guy or, or uh, you know, super, super good boy. Right. It was different. It was. It was a nice change of pace, I thought. What about you, Cage Fighter Steve? So, two things. One, I don't know if you're aware of this, but this movie is actually a remake of a 1947 film of the same title. Steve, I, I, I told you this. I educated you on this. Did you? When, when was this? When I, when I was doing the Nick list. I, I do the Nick list oh. for you. Oh, I, feel... I wasn't really listening. That's all right. Okay. I see how it is. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I just noticed that mm-hmm. one. Anyways, the the real thing, what I wanted to tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, just forget no, it. No, I'm ready. Just, tell me. No, just forget it. Nick actually thought of uh, Little Junior's personality as a big, horrible baby. That was his goal. Really? Of a big, horrible baby? Big horrible baby. Wow. So just always throwing a fit all about right. everything. Okay, and, let's real which explains all the scenes. Real quick though, let's let's look at let's look at his character of Little Junior compared to the Deadfall guy. Of which one I like better. Hey, no no no. When you look at this character next to Eddie, right? And I made the comment on the Deadfall episode that, you know, I expected Nick Cage to shadow real gangster dudes or to study them and get an, an idea of their, you know, for acting purposes, right? And I'm just like, yeah. who did who did he model for Eddie? Because I've never seen, like, any human act the way that Eddie does at all. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up! Shut the fuck up, man! But I felt like, in Kiss of Death, he genuinely, you know, was trying to be like one of these bad dudes that exist out there. Oh, yeah. I believed that character, and I assumed that he had done his homework. So I just feel like for him to be like, yeah, I was, yeah, I was just basically a big baby, just a big, you know, grown-up baby. I threw tantrums and threw people out of the strip club and murdered people too if they didn't listen. That's how I approached the character. That's disingenuous, bro. You did more than that, and I love it, and I want you to do more of it. I'd watch the shit out of a bad dudes movie with. Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Bad dudes. He'd be the president. <laughs> Shh.
should we uh, now jump into the world of WWE and talk about The Rock? Skyscraper was a great movie. Uh, I think it should win the entire season. Following is a state secret, gentlemen. Disclose it to any party and you will be subject to prosecution. John Mason, British national, incarcerated on Alcatraz in 1962, escaped in 63. There's no identity in the United States or Great Britain. He does not exist. Secrets have a way of coming back to haunt you. There's a hostage situation on Alcatraz. Hostage, 81 tourist. The Rock's a tourist attraction. The one you train to defend you becomes your greatest threat. A battery of VX gas rockets is presently deployed to deliver a highly lethal strike on the population of the San Francisco Bay Area. And the one you abandon becomes your only hope. You go talk to him. Me? Yeah. Hiya. I'm an agent with the uh, F- FBI. I'm Stanley Goodsby. But of course you are. At least he got his name right. Now, all that stands between a city and a disaster. The power of this chemical is way beyond anything you can imagine. That's why you're coming with us. Is a man who's never seen combat. You're a chemical freak. <laughs> I'm a chemical super freak, actually. And another who's been out of action for 30 years. Show us on the blueprints. I can't. My blueprint was in my head. Fortunately, some things you never forget. But don't worry. It'll all come back to me. From Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, the producers of Top Gun and Crimson Tide, and Michael Bay, the director of Bad Boys. Welcome to The Rock. We got visitors. Sean Connery. I'm sure you're ready for this. Do my best. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Nicholas Cage. Listen, I'm just a biochemist. I drive a Volvo. Beige one. So what do you say? You cut me some friggin' slack. Ed Harris. Fire. This summer, get ready to rock. Let's talk about The Rock, then. Of course, for The Rock... Just for you guys, I've got the Nick List. Should I listen this time? You're going to listen this time? Yeah. Thanks. Nick Cage plays FBI biochemist Stanley Goodspeed, a total hipster who is obsessed with the Beatles. Why don't you just spend $13 on a CD, man? First of all, it's because I'm a Beatle maniac. And second, these sound better. Nick Cage is really good at diffusing poisonous baby doll bombs from Bosnia. Well, just some terrorists decided to send a little care package, which had to be neutralized before blowing up the office. Nick Cage is being pursued by the marriage police. Marriage police, pull over. He tells his girlfriend he will marry her, but only at the end of the movie. Come to San Francisco. Yeah, I'm sure it's just a training exercise. Nick Cage is asked to come help out with a little problem in San Francisco. A renegade general and his military terrorist cell have taken hostages at Alcatraz. They want a few million dollars, or they're going to launch a deadly gas on the city. One teaspoon of this shit detonated in the atmosphere will kill every living organism in an eight-block radius. I didn't know that, really. Nick Cage tries to persuade Sean Connery to come help out, too, since he used to be James Bond. John Mason, the federal convict played by Connery, escapes from his handlers so that we can enjoy a 20-minute-long Michael Bay chase scene on foot and in cars, resulting in the destruction of the San Francisco cable car system and threatening nearly as many lives as the terrorists on Alcatraz. You wrecked half the city! What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? Nick Cage steals a Ferrari and a dirt bike. He's really good at driving angry. Nick Cage joins the Navy SEAL infiltration team. He is just so good at pulling computer chips out of rockets. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, they're really USB drives. 
Nick Cage has some great sass. He tells Sean Connery he would love a history lesson, but right now he'd like to find some rockets. I just I want to find some rockets. Nick Cage expertly beats the minecart levels of Donkey Kong Country playing as Diddy Kong. <laughs> Nick Cage is captured by the terrorists and tortured. The only way to save him is to press circle repeatedly. Circle button repeatedly to regain your strength. Nick Cage says the words clearly and crisply in this movie, Zeus's butthole. Zeus's butthole! Also, glass or plastic? Glass or plastic? Glass or plastic? Shut the fuck up! You're gonna end up in either a glass jar or a plastic bag! Nick Cage is offended that one of the terrorists doesn't like Rocket Man, the song. So he launches a rocket right into the guy, which impales him on an iron spike. Wrong answer! Nick Cage feeds a terrorist one of the VX gas green balls, and then proceeds to do what we've all been waiting for from the beginning, which is stab himself in the fucking heart. Eat that, you fucker! <laughs> Nick Cage wins Air Traffic Marshaller of the Year with his splendid twin flare technique. Nick Cage gets married and gets hold of Sean Connery's hidden microfilm that contain U.S. state secrets. Will this knowledge cause him to become a terrorist? Will there be someday The Rock 2? The world may never know. And that is, Actually. That is the end of my Nick list. Actually, we, we do know, if you were not aware, we're not. following the events of this movie, he goes on to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> there it is. Because he knows the truth. <laughs> because he knows the truth. That's, that's yeah. probably how, that's, that's how he knows where it is. That's right. It is the real one, huh? I better change my name. Huh. And I gotta call Disney. Oh, man. Um, so The Rock, honestly, is one of the first Nick Cage movies I saw. My stepdad, Steve remembers him, uh, had this movie on VHS, and I watched it quite a number of times as a kid and really liked it. And also my stepdad, I don't know if you knew this, Steve, he bought me my first copy of Metal Gear Solid. This episode, really, this episode of Late Night Cage Fight it boils down to which is better, Grand Theft Auto or Metal Gear Solid? That's the question we have to ask ourselves tonight. There was actually a specific scene of when they were breaking in, when uh, Connery mm -hmm. was... There were I forget what it was. It was like the furnace or something, and he was rolling yeah. under the flames. And I <laughs> my, my note was literally rolling under the flames like Metal Gear Solid 4. There you go. <laughs> Why was that there? You know, it's like obviously something they invented to create drama and suspense in the movie. But I'm just like, this place has been a tourist site now for the last how many decades? And you've got this freaking fire pit now. Yeah, why would that be there? Well, why would it still be operational? But more importantly, he used yeah. this method to escape... So why did he have to roll underneath of it in order to get inside? Shouldn't the latch have been on the outside Steve, if that's I, I how he escaped? I'm, look, I don't want you to think too deeply. This is Michael You might Bay. hurt yourself. Okay, because I did that a lot, and I have a lot of <laughs> yeah, a lot of those points and, throughout this entire movie. But I did want to mention, before we get too much mm -hmm. further, the, the Zeus's butthole thing. That Dude, was actually it. some Nicolas Cage ad-libbing that Michael Bay really wanted to cut, but Nick insisted on Nick pulled Nick pulled serious? a me. Yeah, Nick pulled a me. He was like, just let me have this one, okay? Just just let me have it. Just leave it in there. You can make it quieter, that's fine. But that is you. don't take this when away. Steve and I from used me. to write rap songs. It is you know, me. I'd let Steve write his part and he would include something that was completely inappropriate. And I would just cut it all out and then he would he would pick the most inappropriate thing that I cut and say, just just let me just that line right there. That's the only one I want. You can cut everything else, but I want that one. 
Like, Steve, that's the worst one. Yeah, I, I know, but it fits the song. It's trimmer time. Yeah, show your tits. Let me rub your clit. It's a trimmer. Show the badge. It's trimmer I got the badge. So that's what we got here with Nick Cage, basically. I Listen, I knew it was ad-lib, right. but I assumed Michael Bay was cool with it. That is hilarious that... Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick Cage is like, look, look, Michael, I've done everything else you've asked me to do. Just keep Zeus's butthole. I mean, that's poetry. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, though, I think it kind of fits in the movie. I think it was the right decision. Yeah, it was. Michael Bay directed this, as we know. Again, this is a first for Nick Cage. This style of movie, this is his first, I'd say, real Hollywood action role. Uh, Michael Bay's style is very apparent in this movie. You know, explosions. Explosions. Patriotism. Shaky, patriotism. Nice. Tits. Shaky cameras. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like all the, all the female roles. It's, it's obvious they were like, yeah, I, I need to see the headshot first and also the body shot, and then and then we'll do the audition. Did you know you that mean? Michael he, Bay, uh, he directed yeah. a series of Victoria's Secret commercials? I believe it. Yeah. Because this, yep. this the movie, the yeah. movie feels like a, like a car commercial that's been turned into an action movie or like a music video from the 90s. You know, like a boy band music video, the way that the camera is always moving, it's always zooming in to the action or someone's reaction. And that's I think this is a special movie in that regard. I don't know if Michael Bay was was coming from that world and this was like his first foray into the, you know, big budget Hollywood action blockbuster. But it's just so interesting to to look at the camera work. Yeah, I just see it see it for what it is and, and that, you know, especially given the story, you're just given basically the, the basic elements of what you need. You know, you don't get a lot of backstory. You don't get a lot of depth. It's all style. Right? Like Sean Connery. Okay, what do we have to do to make Sean Connery's character want to help us? Oh, well, he has to he has to want to see his daughter and be able to see his daughter. Okay, how can we turn that into an action scene? Okay, so how about he escapes from the feds, and then he gets there, and then he gets the answer he wants, and then, like, he gets he gets persuaded to do it. Yeah, as long as we get an action scene, that's fine. Let's do that. Apparently he did uh, Bad Boys before. I didn't even know Bad Boys was Michael Bay. I didn't either. Yeah. Apparently uh, The Rock is one of is Michael Bay's favorite film that he's made. What I really like about The Rock is its opening. I really like the opening with Ed Harris, tremendous actor. He plays General Francis X. Hummel. I, I'm having trouble figuring out, like, at the beginning of the movie, he uses this metaphor of, you know, the, the people who founded this country were called traitors mm-hmm. to the British, but yeah. how is that the same thing? Right, because he's not Ow. trying he's not trying to start a new government. No. He's just, he's, he's just, just trying, trying to get to, some money. He's trying to make some money. Yeah, yeah, for people that he thinks were screwed over. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's kind of a stretch. I mean, it's not like you tried to like overthrow the capital or something and stop the certification of a Never mind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah, I do agree that I, I feel like his character's motivations were a little sketch. But given what he was given, Ed Harris did a really damn good job. So For me, it also helped that he had Dr. Cox on his team. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, John McKinley. John C. McKinley. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah there's, there's quite a few familiar faces. Now, yeah. I'm going to ask you guys this. I want you guys to tell me who you think, I think, was the weakest actor in this movie. Because it's an actor who has appeared in a previous Nick Cage movie that we have panned. You want to know? You give up? I give up. 
Michael Bean plays Commander Anderson. Oh, yeah. And I just did not, I did not buy that he was a Marine or a Navy SEAL, I should say. I just, I don't know. I just felt like I could believe this guy was a Marine in Aliens. That's fine. But in like a real world type situation, I just felt like, or maybe it was just my disdain from Deadfall. I'm just so fucking pissed. He could be a space marine, but not a marine right. marine. Yeah. Sean, yeah, Michael Bay actually did answer your question. There's a quote. We there's got Michael major, Bay on the line? Yeah, there's a major logic flaw in the movie. Why are the boilers working on the rock when this island hasn't <laughs> been used for many years? Right? He answers his own question saying, screw it, it's entertaining, don't you think? Yeah. You know, that's the most Michael Bay answer yeah. that... It's honest. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's this whole movie. You know, you just yeah. kind of go, I don't think that that's how that works, but it looks cool, so let's just go with it. I mean, think about it, right? They steal they steal the uh, VX gas at the beginning, but they have to yeah. show you what this shit does. So, of course, you got to have a guy get stuck in the room when yep. they drop it and you see the yep. flesh melt off of him. You got to have that. Which, Otherwise, we won't know that it's a it's a killer substance. Those were some Indiana Jones vibes if I've ever seen them. They managed to, what, drop one of those things on the ground and it, like, explodes and starts murdering people. However, Nick Cage puts one in his shirt pocket and yeah. tackles a dude through a window. Yeah. Well, I thought it was kind of funny at the end of the movie when he's fighting that guy. He's got the thing in his hand. And the dude yeah. is doesn't react to it. If I saw that shit. So, truthfully, for me, as things progressed in the movie, I, I got... I guess I'm kind of jumping into, you know, my, my takes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, let's do but it. It got more and more nonsensical. All right. I mean, we went from, like, these trained military veterans to, like, catcalls. All of a sudden, they, like, drop down, like, Spider-Man style right next to Nick, like, hey there, you know, okay. playing with him and, like, cat and mouse kind of thing after like previously they're they're all like trained you know military personnel you've got a lot of military protocol i don't know it was really yeah they just keep letting them get away they keep missing they keep mm -hmm. I, how many times did they like throw their gun aside and just like tackle him through a wall over and over again they're men steve they but they're fight supposed man to be to man. taking care of this problem yeah it's it's just this it's, I don't know, it got broken very quick for, mm -hmm. for me. I agree with that. I also thought that the degradation of the general's plan uh, towards the end, I mean, he kind of gets second thoughts, but then his men mm -hmm. are, they're like, we want our fucking money. Yeah. We don't, yeah. we don't, you know. It's somewhat predictable that if it's your bluff, and your men aren't in on it, they're going to mutiny. I I just thought the general his his character was intimidating at first, mm. but then yeah. having him backpedal on his plan, it yeah. kind of I don't know it deflated the plot of the movie for me a little bit. I I agree. I think if they had another one of his team members kind of step up and take over the reins, you know, unexpectedly. And, and become that supervillain even more so than the original general. That would have been kind of cool to see. Yeah, but we didn't get that. Because I, I, I did want to see like a final showdown between either Sean Connery, his character with uh, Ed Harris, or Nick Cage. But of course we didn't get that. You know, we got this 90s boy band shot scene where he's shot and killed. Yeah, and then, you know, they... The guy just bites down on the sour green apple marble and, you know. <laughs> I love how Nick just, like, takes a missile to the face. Yeah, yeah I mean, in a real world, 
situation, he would have been vaporized, but it's Nick Cage. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. like Sean well, Connery. Was. Also, he just stabbed himself Link. in the heart, so he has like superpowers. Yeah, something. yeah. Did you guys think? Did you guys think that Sean Connery's character was gonna die? I don't know. Yeah. One thing that I thought was really strange, though, about the way that this movie started, mm-hmm. when the plot started going and. Nick's character started to be more involved. They started playing him up more as this like nerdy like lab rat guy. Yeah. But like the first thing he does in the movie is just like, "Hey babe, I'm just gonna just get you pregnant." Boom. He's just like gratuitous sex scene. Yeah. Do you think Michael Bay asked him to do that, or do you think that was a Nick Cage decision? I think that was a sign-on bonus. It's hard to say, because, you know, Nick's got to get it in in every movie. It's in his contract. So what are you saying? You're saying that the the balance of nerdy versus sexy, suave kind of guy is out of whack here. Yeah, I thought that was like... I went I went into the plot not really realizing that they were kind of like playing up his character being kind of like awkward and incompetent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I like, didn't think f- about that, but you're right. The first thing you see is just him just getting it in. <laughs> I wanted to play some guitar, have a glass of wine, you know. I saved the world mm-hmm. today. They wouldn't yeah, be Superman. Yeah, how am I supposed to think that a character's like, like, some nerdy dude when you just have him just sitting there shirtless playing guitar, like, yeah, with his yeah. supermodel Touché. girlfriend? Touche. Uh, I can't argue with that. But I'm going to say, the thing I appreciated the most from The Rock is how nonchalantly Sean Connery murders people. He Not breaks next. Year old dude. Yeah, yeah, and then he just has just the the most brightest smile on his face. Come on, come with me. Do you think Let's that Zahir what is based off of off of this character? Who? Zahir. I don't from, know. From uh, from uh, Legend of Korra. Oh. Wow, name dropping Legend of Korra. I've only seen a couple episodes, but. Uh, oh really, Sean? Huh? never seen it oh man okay my wife loves that show yeah there i mean honestly just even the transformation of him he was locked in a, in a his group was way above maximum security in mm. these specially designed prisons yeah um, his his appearance is very similar long white hair that he later goes and cuts up i see just, maybe yeah maybe it was yeah i just feel like okay similarities you, you, you got this character who he was locked away. He he escaped out of Alcatraz. He was able to steal very sensitive United States intelligence. And he's locked away for all these years, probably in solitary confinement. He's let out again now and forced to help in this operation under the false promise that he'll be freed in the end. And he just fucking kills people like it's nothing. Wouldn't you think he'd be a little wacko? A little rusty, maybe. Wouldn't he be rusty and a little off, right? I was, I was also confused because at one point they made it sound like they had like basically put him in this solitary, like in a hole because he's the mastermind had escaped, so they had to be extra cautious with him. Yeah. So they locked him out in the middle of nowhere. But then at other points he talks about you know shower rape, which makes it sound <laughs> like he's just in a general prison. Just casually <laughs> dropping right. that. Right. It's kind of so, ironic when we we all know what happens in the showers of Alcatraz. Yeah. But it, it's just kind of funny, the conclusion of the film, when they stop the terrorists, and it just has this feel-good atmosphere to it. Like, everything's great, we stopped the terrorists, nobody ever knew that they were about to get gassed and it was going to kill, like, thousands, tens of thousands of people, and... Uh, Sean Connery's character gets to just escape because Nick Cage says that he's going to tell him that uh, he was killed in the blast, he was vaporized, 
And uh, yeah, now I'm going to get married and I'm going to go to wherever Sean Connery told me to find this microfilm. Um, I want to talk just real briefly about this other podcast called Brady Bros, hosted by our friend Zach Walsh, John Walsh, his brother, and David Konigsberg. They are watching through all of the Brady Bunch media in chronological order and discussing each installment on a weekly basis. I'd like to get them on this show so we can talk about how, you know, Nick Cage, like, probably loves the Brady Bunch, I would think. They're also going to talk about the Saturday morning cartoon, The Brady Kids. I didn't even know that existed. Do you guys like the Brady Bunch? I used to watch it when I was younger. I didn't know that uh, there was a cartoon. I had no clue. But they're about halfway through the very first season. They're, I think they're regretting this decision now, but I'm not because I've been listening to it and it's pretty funny. And they're definitely committed to it. Their, their podcast is produced by the DC-based theater company AnyStage. Um, some fun facts. Zach is, as I said, an award-winning filmmaker and legally ordained minister. David once squandered a check he received from an independent film project on a raccoon mascot costume from China which would later become the focal point of another independent film project. Interesting. And John once had his left foot stepped on by Sarah Jessica Parker. It's a true story. Wow. Jealous. Well, now let's get into the cage fight portion of tonight. I'm supposed to randomly draw for who goes first. So I'm going to... Spin me right round, baby, right round. And first up is Cage Fighter Steve. For my pick? Yeah, that's cool. It actually I also played spun one, and I also got me. I really kind of... Uh, I came into this expecting the, the clear answer um, because Kiss of Death being as hard as it was to find... Um, and the rock being so well known, I expected this to be a very easy choice. Yeah. However, after watching both of the movies, it's like you said, the choice became a little bit more difficult because Kiss of Death was a lot better than what I expected. And for me, I honestly don't know that I've seen the rock before. Okay. I thought that I had, and then as I started watching it, I realized that it just didn't feel very familiar to me. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really have any nostalgia backing it. So, if I had to truly go through and focus mostly on Nick's presentation, no way. I think I have to stick with Kiss of Death. Don't you move that fucking hand. His character was fantastic. The way that he used his cage outs to be able to further the, the character itself. Yeah. I mean, The Rock was great as a movie, but it was great because of an all-star cast. Mm-hmm. If you take Nick um, on his own in The Rock, I mean, it's like you said, yeah. he made Kiss of Death a better movie. Mm-hmm. But for The Rock, he was just kind of, he was just on the bus with everybody else. He didn't make it standalone better or uh-huh. worse. I mean, outside of just his normal wonderful shine and charm. He just, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't driving it. He was just riding along with everybody else. So that's, that's my two cents. I'm, I'm going to have to stick with, uh, I'm going to have to stick with Kiss of Death. Wow. Kiss of Death, which nobody else can really watch. Yeah. So good luck, everybody. Oh, uh, it's man. definitely worth hunting down, I do think. I think you guys could both agree with that. Yeah. It's worth hunting yeah. Let's see who goes better next. better than Cotton Club. Let's see who goes next because I, I want to do this. All right, I'm spinning the wheel. Who is next? Oh, oh, oh! It's right on the line. It's Sean. It's Sean. Cage Fighter Sean. I do really like both movies. Um... But I think that in terms of quality uh, and just which one I personally enjoyed more, it's got to be The Rock. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. No, just don't answer. It's okay. I mean, when I first started watching this movie, I mean, 
I was just like, this movie kind of rules. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, and I'll be the first person to shit on Michael Bay. Like, okay. like <laughs> fuck Transformers <laughs> and his truck nuts. He, he, he messed up Twilight, too, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it, I I think Kiss of Death, it it is a really good movie, but it felt... It, it almost felt like it didn't uh, have as cohesive of a vision as The Rock did. The Rock clearly, like, knew what it was. Like, it... It comes out like it's loud, it's bold, it's, you know, it has a real clear vision to it, and I don't know, I mean, I, I thought that Cage played pretty well off of Sean Connery. I mean, I definitely think that the point Steve made about Kiss of Death, I do think Cage is better in Kiss of Death, but you know, I just, I just didn't find it as entertaining personally so i gotta give it to the rock all right this isn't late night people's elbow this is the late night cage fight sean if you're not here voting for cage then see i think why don't you go steve, back where you steve, came from cage fighter steve is the one true cage fan out of all of us and i also appreciate that he's he's often the outlier which makes this very difficult for me because on one hand I expect the kiss of death to be absolute trash. I mean, we're coming off a deadfall here and then a couple kind of um, uh, subpar romantic comedies. And so, you know, I thought that we were just going to be reverting back to the deadfall era, especially given the fact that kiss of death is so hard to find nowadays for reasons I don't quite under understand. It's good enough. I'll just put it that way. It's entertaining. And then The Rock is yeah it's pure nostalgia for me you guys know this i was excited to watch this movie again and i was a little a little disappointed to have certain things now that i'm an adult not quite add up not quite make sense but i still love the cast and i think nicholas cage's role his character was 100 percent perfectly suited to him he wasn't the action star I don't know if I really wanted to see an old-ass Sean Connery again. Yeah, okay, actually, I did. That was a young Sean Connery. He was born old. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure he was. Why wasn't Betty White in The Rock? She would have beat Connery's ass. She would have gone in there all by herself. She was the mother of... <laughs> of Nick? Well, in the sequel, you find out that... Betty White is uh, and Sean Connery are the parents of Nick and uh, you know his daughter in really? The Rock yeah. is Nick's sister. Wow. Loki, I actually thought that he was going to uh, end up with Sean Connery's daughter. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to go off nostalgia factor. Before you lock that in, All right. I'm going to put one more okay. thing out there. Okay? Throw it at me. So not only did The Rock kind of lose some steam and lose its its direction a little bit, but it left everything. It, it brought up this huge pulsating issue, right, of the way that these people are treated and, and the entire act of terrorism itself. Okay. And then threw it the fucking garbage. Well, you got to remember, though, this is pre-9-11. Sure, but... Some could argue that this is the reason for 9-11. So, truthfully, by nominating this movie, you're supporting terrorism. That's, that's, a, that's a hot take. Yeah. If that means I don't have to watch David Caruso act in another two-hour-long goddamn movie, then so be it. I support, I support it. You didn't, you didn't like him in uh, Karate Kid? Yeah, he was good. I think it was just... I, Kiss of Death really got me because of just how much we went into this, right? I went into this with very high expectations for The Rock and very yeah. low expectations for Kiss of Death. Yeah, and I so, feel that too. I do. Yeah. For me, they both hit very much of a middle ground, but I think that's what made yeah. Kiss of Death really shine more. It is going to go to The Rock, though. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll concede But it was, the, it was definitely a good film. At the same time, I do think we need to uh, emphasize Kiss of Death as as a very strong contender in this episode, given Nick's role and his his acting and all that, his character. We can send it to the losers bracket. The we, we should do it. list. <laughs> All right, so congratulations to our next winner, The Rock. What are our next movies now? Well, you know we have a, a planning doc, right? Oh, okay. You were like, hey, put all the stuff on here, Steve, order yeah, the movies. I couldn't remember And that. so I went in and ordered the movies. It's uh, Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, wow. And City of Angels. Wow. Yeah, two big ones. Leaving Las Vegas was... Nick's Academy Award win, guys. Hmm. I think this is gonna be a good pair. They're both like drama romances. Um, I feel like again, these are movies that I think I've seen before, but I haven't. I, I don't haven't seen remember. either. I know there's both a lot of them. Of I feel like I've seen them on TV, but okay. Yeah. Wait, they have alcohol in Vegas? Oh yeah. What? I thought it was a dry county. Sean. No. Wow. Do you want to go? Oh, I'm I'm thinking of uh, Salt Lake City. Hey guys, if you want to send Sean and I on an all-exclusive VIP trip to Vegas, please support our Patreon. Send us, you know, whatever you think can make that happen. We'll we'll make like a five or ten minute video while we're there, and you will love it. I promise. What am I? Am I not allowed to go? Oh well, Actually, if they send if true. they send a little bit more. But uh, wow. in all seriousness, to all listeners of Late Night Cage Fight, follow us on Facebook and share any of our podcast episode posts to your page and send us a message, and we will send you a free set of two Late Night Cage Fight stickers. And soon I'm going to have that up on the Facebook page for you guys to see. So, uh, yeah, just share any of our posts. Let us know. We'll get your address. You pay nothing. It, it, it would be nice to get some messages just so we can see what am I fighting for? What is that from? Meg, Mega Man uh, X. Okay, I need to know these things so I can put samples in the podcast. Mm-hmm. What am I fighting for? Well, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Late Night Cage Fight. We had a great time discussing these two amazing cage-tastic movies, Kiss of Death and The Rock. Be sure to check out our website, nickcagefight.com. Find us on Facebook. One last reminder, if you want free stickers, share any of our podcast posts and send us a message, and we'll get them to you. Until next time, expect more awesome Nick Cage news, Nick Cage movie reviews, and also Cageless special episodes. This is Late Night Cage Fight. I'm Cage Fighter Reese here with Cage Fighter Sean. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. And Cage Fighter Steve. Hi. Saying, saying, Godspeed. Goodspeed. Goodspeed. Yeah, I say it in American. Oh, sorry. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.